Hey, welcome. It is 9.07. Glad to have you with us. Jennifer Bukowski at 10.35. Gold bars stashed in a Democratic senator's home recovered after a 2013 violent robbery. I'm really curious about, about Menendez, how he ended up with those gold bars that were stolen. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, we've got um, private jets uh, to the climate conference uh, and a, tr- a Trump jury trial. Uh, among other topics that she will cover. And uh, the thing about the gold bars, I mean, if this guy, as a U.S. senator, uh, it, it just seems a pretty damn crooked. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, and I am curious to find out how he came across those gold bars. But we'll, uh, we'll kind of kick that uh, information and news around with Jennifer Bukowski at 1035. In the meantime, uh, Brian, I've been, I've been thinking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And I, uh, I listened uh, to some uh, Comer audio this morning, and I've concluded there's, there just is no, no reason, Brian, for us to have an impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Nothing is screwy about this. No, I'll play the audio. No. You, you listen and, and tell me what you think. President Joe Biden claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his family's influence peddling schemes. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed his family didn't receive money from China. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed he never spoke to his son, Hunter Biden, about the Biden's family's shady business dealings. This was a lie. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team and the White House's media allies claim Hunter's corporate entities never made payments directly to Joe Biden. We can officially add this latest talking point to the list of lies. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using Owasco PC for tax evasion and other serious crimes. And based on whistleblower testimony, we know the Justice Department made a concerted effort to prevent investigators from asking questions about Joe Biden. So I listened to that, and I I don't know what they're... uh, I don't either. I don't... Sounds... Why is he whining about this? I mean, does he not know that Joe Biden has the (laughs) D-card? It's it's perfectly innocuous. I mean, what is he doing? He's just wasting our time. It's perfectly innocuous. Yes. There's nothing to see here. Just uh-uh. keep moving. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Democrats are trying to say, and the administration is trying to argue that uh, Hunter Biden got a loan to buy a truck or something, and he's paying it. Well, wouldn't you, if if I got a loan to 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 buy a vehicle from a family member, I wouldn't pay it out of my business account. <laughs> I pay it out of my home account. Uh, but no, no, there, there's just nothing to see here. Just keep moving. Oh, are these people crooked or what? Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. I'm not saying that the Republicans are to be held harmless, that they don't do anything screwy. They certainly do. But just seems to me like the Democrats always go off the deep end. I mean, when you catch them doing something, it's, I mean, this is outrageous. And this is an example. It's, it's, it's just over the top. And then they deny it. Yeah, there's never any there. 
there. Right. There's Ever. Always, <laughs> there's always some goofball, uh, non-plausible uh, excuse for why they, you know, why these things have happened. I, they sounded pretty confident. Uh, the, the Speaker of the House sounded pretty confident that they will be able to open up uh, uh, an impeachment inquiry. And I'm not crazy about constantly impeaching people. I mean, they did it to Trump twice. Uh, it happened to uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, I mean, it, it happened to... I mean, it just... Be sure. And this is... The Republicans really need to have the goods. Uh, you know, if you're going to slay the king, slay the king. Uh, because, and I mean that figuratively, in case somebody's, like, <laughs> dialing up the Secret Service right now. Um, if you if you're going to do this, be sure you've got the goods, because the Democrats will will argue that this is pure politics, which is what they've been doing. And ill-educated voters will buy into it. They are just they are so crooked. That's the old saying could hide in the shadow of a corkscrew. Unbelievable. 874 We've got some recycling news, uh, some global warming news, uh, some transgender news, all kinds of fun news. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we'll have Senator Bill Eigel on board with us this morning as well. We always welcome your calls, 800-529-5572 or 874 Brian, did you uh, did you hear about this kerfuffle that happened at Victoria's Secret? I did not. No. You, What's going on? Well, some guy um, wanted to go try on bras. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he wanted to try on a brassiere. Uh, and uh, they made him wait until all the women were out and wouldn't let any <laughs> women go into the dressing room until uh, he came out. And he is upset plenty. Aww. I feel so bad for the guy, don't you? <laughs> well, I have to be careful. I, I can't say anything <laughs> facetious because you'll record That's it true, yeah. and, and play it out of out of context. I never do that. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe once in a while. Uh, maybe once in a while. Uh, and then uh, associated with that story is this guy. Uh, you can't see the video, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but he is wearing a sweater and a skirt. Um, and he's standing in front of his camera, and this is what passes for logic with Democrats. Hello, everyone. This is Gender Journal number nine, and today was an odd one. I woke up male and female, and stayed that way for about 20 minutes before settling into being male for the rest of the day. I, d I, didn't, know you had <laughs> I didn't know you had those choices, did you? Wow. He woke up male and female. Oh. I think I, he woke up a hermaphrodite <laughs> and, and, then, and then settled on being male. Uh, and yet he is uh, standing in front of a camera wearing a skirt. Oh, and they call us science deniers. Unbelievable. All right, we are, um, we're up against the clock, and, and we can't spend a lot of time talking about these weirdos. Uh, but we... Uh, We'll have uh, Senator Eigel coming up uh, in just a short while, about uh, 9.35. It's the Gary Nolan Show. 
It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 18 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. By the way, Brian, I just uh, discovered that CC City Broiler, which is where we're having our annual Christmas dinner on the 16th, uh, they've got their gift card special going on. Yeah, I saw uh, that you, too. Uh, and I, what a great Christmas gift. Uh, you go and you buy uh, their, their gift cards. Uh, and you give somebody dinner at CeCe's. I can't imagine uh, getting a better gift than that. But if you if you buy $200 worth, you get uh, two of their fillets, the ones that they serve, uh, which are really kind of neat. Uh, so uh, if you're, uh, if you're uh, in the neighborhood, they open at noon for these Christmas uh, gift cards. Uh, actually, they sell them. All year round. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, I could continue on the transgender thing because a couple of guys just won the women's bicycling championship, but I don't. I, I've had enough of them. The Supreme Court <clears throat> is going to hear oral arguments um, in a case called Moore versus the U.S. Apparently, the the Moors uh, invested some money many years ago. Uh, in fact, back in 2006, um, in, a, in a foreign corporation, they put 40 grand into this foreign corporation. And between 2006 and 2017, uh, the company was profitable, but everything that they made was just dumped back into the, into the company. So they never made any money. They never brought any money home. Uh, they, they didn't realize it. Imagine that you have um, a piece of art. In your home, uh, and every year it gets worth more and more money. You wouldn't pay any tax on that until you sell it. Um, and frankly, I, I even think that's wrong. But nevertheless, apparently between 2006 and 2017, uh, the company just reinvested all of its earnings in the business. So they, they didn't get any dividends, uh, they didn't get any uh, income from that investment. Uh, they they didn't have any more spending power. There was no more cash in their pocket. But under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act from 2017, they became subject to a law, the mandatory repatriation tax. Uh, and apparently if you invest uh, in an overseas corporation, uh, you can be taxed on on the, you know, the return. It, it's, it's, it's wrong on every level. It's long on every level. Uh, and the tax, by the way, is retroactive. So it just doesn't cover 2017 to, you know, to today. Uh, it goes all the way back to the initial investment. This is insane. So they're going to the Supreme Court, and hopefully the Supreme Court will say, no, you, you can't do this. Uh, you can't tax an unrealized gain. But there are a lot of people who are fighting to do this. Uh, they, that they're in favor of this. And, and there are Republicans among them. This shouldn't be. The stuff that we accept as normal in this country, that we find um, reasonable... That we're, that we're not outraged over is amazing to me. Think about how often we do this. Especially here in, in Missouri where we tax people's cars. 
But the whole concept of a real estate tax is taxing you on a gain that you haven't realized. The house is worth $10,000 more. We're going to tax you more. If there's a recession and you sell the house for less, they don't give you a refund. They don't go, well, you know, two years ago when we taxed you at that higher rate, uh, we were mistaken. Here, Here's the money back. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, it doesn't happen. But we accept that as normal. We accept and somehow, and I think this is, this is absolutely immoral. We accept that millionaires and billionaires have to pay more to live in this country than we do. We're in the middle class. You know, we'll pay an average, uh, I don't know, uh, $10,000, $12,000 a year uh, in, in uh, income tax. That's to support the country. That's the cost of living in the United States. But why is it a million dollars or hundreds of millions or tens of millions of dollars for billionaires and, and multi-billionaires? Why are they obligated to pay so much more to live in the same country? And we accept this. This is totally immoral. And the irony of all of these high taxes that these wealthy people pay is that it goes for things they don't use or need. There's, there is absolutely no need for Social Security for millionaires. They don't need it. It's a, it's a pittance. A couple of grand, three grand, uh, it's, it's, they don't need that. But they're paying into it, and we accept it. They don't need Medicare or Medicaid. Now we're just taking their money and using it for our own good. And we accept it. There needs to be a real, honest-to-God tax revolt. We need to hold progressives responsible because they're ultimately responsible for the destruction of the republic. When this republic collapses, and it will, it lays at the feet of every Democrat, or all the Democrats, who have pushed for all this social justice nonsense, uh, the, the, the income tax, uh, the, the, just everything that's outside the bounds of the Constitution, but mostly the social programs. And the Republicans, they are not without fault. Republicans who insist that we're the world's police department, who keep sending our U.S. military into harm's way, who put them in places that they shouldn't be, who are driving up the cost of the Pentagon, they're responsible too. We face imminent collapse. It will happen. This is not sustainable. Nobody is stopping it. We accept it as normal. It's insane. Just absolutely insane. Uh, that's my frustration uh, today. So uh, 874 9390 or you can go to GaryNolan.com if you want to comment on this. But I just, I don't see any reason for somebody who's really, really wealthy to spend so much more to live here. What, what, what is the, why? Can anybody explain why that's, why we do this? I think I can explain it to you. 
Oh, my you own. moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. There, there. Yeah, but how did you get the money to pay for it? Well, I don't want to talk about that. But, that, but, but it's important. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> my liberal friend, uh, you got the money to pay for that because I created a job and hired you. Uh, doesn't make sense. Progressives just never do. But if you think you can give me an excuse, a reason why we need to tax wealthy people, 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 <laughs> oh boy, uh, wealthy people at a much higher rate, let me know. There ought to be a, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of the consumption tax. I like the flat tax. But at the very least, there ought to be a maximum. We've got a minimum alternative tax. That's going the wrong way. It ought to be a maximum tax. It shouldn't cost more than, what, $12,000 a year, $15,000 a year to live in this country. I don't care what kind of tax system you set up, that ought to be about the max. Everything over and above that is yours. And what the left failed to understand is that if they were to do that, people would invest like crazy create all kinds of new jobs and new opportunities. Things would, would light up. Of course, that means they have to control spending, and they're pretty much unwilling to do that. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. If you think you can come up with an excuse, a plausible, moral excuse for why the government should tax millionaires and billionaires so much money, Share it with me. Uh, in the meantime, the Wall Street Journal has a great piece. Climate change hypocrisy is a fair cop for Dubai conference. Many of them in carbon spewing private jets. Some snowed in. Um, they're, they're pushing this thing. And Lurch is signing, uh, signing on to your future. He is in your name. Telling the world, we got to stop using coal. Where, where did he get that authority? <laughs> where in the hell did he get that authority? You don't like carbon fuels? How are you going to generate electricity? It was a smart move to hold the COP28 summit, the latest gathering of world leaders to... Uh, talk about the alarm uh, of, a, of the climate and uh, make unfulfillable promises on how to deal with it in Dubai in December. The Wall Street Journal says at least in the Gulf Emirate, it's guaranteed to be hot. The forecast for this week is for some sunshine and temperatures in the 80s. Enough heat to provide a suitable backdrop for their insistence that we're all going to fry soon. And then you get Hillary Clinton telling us about how many people died because we had a warm summer. Here's a fact for you. More people die in cold weather than warm weather. More people die from exposure to the cold than the warm weather. And I don't even trust her warm weather death numbers. These people exaggerate and they lie. It's part of their religion. The end justifies the means. Coming up, Senator Eigel is going to be with us on The Gary Nolan Show.
the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 935, and Senator Bill Eigel is with us. He is not here representing any campaign or candidacy. He is here because he is a member of the Senate in the state of Missouri, and I'm curious to get his opinions. Senator, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me. Glad to be uh, here. I was just talking about uh, taxes uh, and the immorality of taxing wealthy people uh, and making them spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year to live in this country when they're the ones that create all the jobs and all the and and don't need any of the social programs seems so unfair uh, that we tax based on income. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I tell you, all of the taxes are too high, aren't they? I, I mean, would. We've I never agree. had a level of tax burden that we have in this country and in the state right now. And yeah, income tax. Uh, is one of those things. I mean, can you, I mean, think about this for a second, Gary, and I know that you agree with this, but think about this. If you want people to produce, why would you punish them when they do in the form of an income tax, right? Yep. Uh, whatever government taxes is a, is a, uh, uh, is something that uh, discourages whatever that thing is. So if you want people to go to work, you want them to earn money, you want them to produce for this country, here's an idea. Don't, don't tax them on that. I mean, other states that don't have an income tax, Texas, Florida, uh, Tennessee, are thriving. They're growing. Missouri is not. Missouri stagnating. We, we are spending more and more dollars down in Jefferson City to the point where now we have, we spend twice per person what the state of Florida is spending for their citizens, even though our population isn't nearly as elderly as Florida is. And yet Florida is growing because they figured out and if you don't, if you want your state to prosper, don't punish people for prospering. So uh, that's one of the big red ideas that uh, we've got to implement in the state. And the biggest thing standing in the way of implementing Missouri as a no-income tax state is the bloated budget we have down in Jefferson City. I mean, Gary, a lot of people I talk to don't realize that we have doubled the size of the state budget just in the past seven years while we've had two Republican governors. We've doubled the budget. And so... This has never been a problem of does government have enough money. Government's got plenty of money. This is a problem of whether Republicans are going to be who they promise to be in campaign season. I'm going to change uh, subjects here. The uh, Grain Belt Express, I I got a a message here uh, that uh, the Missouri Public Service Commission approved an amended uh, application uh, by Grain Belt Express. And uh, they're going to, you know, just go tear through some 40 miles of, of private property. Uh, they uh, they wasted no time using eminent domain to start sending out new easement uh, agreements uh, or, or contracts to all the landowners on the uh, Tiger Connection. And is there any way we can stop this? So the Tiger Connector should not be confused with the original uh, Grain Belt Express line. I consider the Tiger Connector a new project uh, that should have fallen under the restrictions of the bill that we passed a couple of years ago, House Bill 2005. And and actually, you know, the, the very first sentence that, that you said about that, Gary, the PSC approved it. Well, guess who guess who nominates members to the PSC to make those decisions? The governor does. Mike Parson does. Mike Parson has been putting people on the PSC that have been approving projects like this, the Tiger Connector in particular, that are used then turning around using eminent domain 
to confiscate land in this state. So if we want to fix this, if we want to stop this from happening, perhaps we need a governor that's going to put people on the PSC that are going to do a better job protecting property rights. I mean, more than anything, isn't that what we need? I mean, we keep talking about the the importance of these statewide positions, but uh, Mike Kehoe is probably going to be continuing a lot of the policies that he's been supporting under Mike Parson if he becomes the governor of this state. My perspective, I've actually filed legislation uh, restricting eminent domain. In fact, one of the new bills I just filed this week restricts the use of eminent domain when it's being used for solar wind farms, when it's being used for uh, solar uh, solar and wind farms, and it prevents farmers from losing their land uh, through eminent domain for these new projects. So I'd like to see additional restrictions uh, placed on the use of eminent domain, which is one of the worst powers that government has been granted by the people. And if we can do that, I think we can stand up and start being real leaders for properties, uh, property owners across the state. It really, uh, I've got friends of mine who, who think it should never be used. Uh, I think there may be some times when it can be used, but it has to be used judiciously. One of the things that set us apart from anybody else in the world is we have private property rights. And we can't let them just slip through our fingers willy-nilly. Yeah, we had a really bad incident here in St. Charles County, where I'm from, where eminent domain was used to confiscate uh, private residential homes, uh, and it was given to a local university who then turned around and sold the land to a retail development that tore down all those people's homes that lived in St. This happened in St. Charles City, and put up a Deerberg's. So, so uh, you know, it, it almost seems to me that if, if there is a power that can be abused, government is eventually going to abuse it. That's why the founders envisioned this idea of a government that was limited in scope, right? That was as small as possible in order to protect the rights of the citizens and really do nothing else. Well, now we're seeing Jefferson City has become this place where the powerful uh, – uh, hold sway, right? The, the few, the powerful are down there influencing the governor, influencing the legislators to support what's good for them, even if it's not good for the broader electorate in this state. So uh, it's frustrating. And I've always defined the right, the, the proper role of government as protecting the rights of the citizens. Property rights is a great thing to focus on exactly in that theme. If we were to get a, a, a true you know, fiscal conservative uh, in in the governor's mansion. Are there enough conservatives in the Senate and the House in Jeff City to accomplish anything? Because it seems yeah. to me an awful lot of Republicans in the legislature are not particularly fiscally conservative. <laughs> no, they love to spend money. But we have to understand uh, the power that's invested in the governor's position uh, under our Constitution. The governor, uh, one, uh, recommends the budget, so he sets the tone for how the money is going to be spent and how much money is going to be spent. Two, he has line-item veto authority uh, over the budget, so he can go in there and change amounts or line out entire line items that the, that the, uh, that, that the governor thinks is a bad idea. And, and certainly, I think there are enough conservatives to uh, maintain any vetoes that the go a new governor would put in to get rid of wasteful spending. And then three, the governor has certain uh, withhold authorities over the budget and he is charged with the execution of that budget. So uh, the governor plays a really pivotal role and we've seen with our current governor, uh, what happens when you have a center left mentality when it comes to fiscal policy? I mean, Mike Parson, 
uh, the Mike Parson, Mike Kehoe regime has has doubled the size of government. They have think about this. They have grown government more in their seven years of being in the in the top two positions of the executive branch than in all the years that we've had a Democrat in charge of this state, going back to the founding of this state combined. I mean, that's amazing. And so all the problems we have in this state, Gary, you've heard me say this before, all the problems we have in the state, none of them have to do with a lack of money at the government of any level. We've got enough money in government right now to get rid of personal property tax. We've got enough money in government right now to get rid of income tax and start imitating the policies that are already making other states successful. We just haven't had that fiscal conservative leader that's willing to stand up and take the slings and arrows that are going to come that person's way when they stand up and say, hey, we're no longer writing these budgets on behalf of the powerful. We're going to write the budget based on what's going to make Missouri grow. And that's a much smaller budget that's going to let us get rid of these bad ideas like personal property tax and income tax. Well, that would be a good thing. I, I would really love to see that happen. I think that would make a big difference for the state of Missouri. Um, all right. I, I know that you have a lot of ground to cover today, but I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us on the Gary Nolan Show. And uh, you are going to be one of our speakers, uh, as I understand, at the uh, December 16th Christmas party. Yes, that's, uh, there's going to be a lot of holiday cheer. Are we supposed to talk politics at that? Or am I just going to tell Christmas stories? I don't know. We'll see. you got to show up to find out. It may be a little bit of both. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Senator, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Jerry. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. 874-9390-800-529-5572. So Jim Babka and Senator Eigel will be uh, speaking uh, at the Christmas party this year. And it should be fun. We may have a... a, a, And you understand that, that when we have speakers, they're limited. You know, 10, 15 minutes, because you're there to socialize and meet other conservatives and converse and dine. But we may have one other speaker talk about global warming. He actually helped write a book about it. All that coming up uh, on December 16th. In the meantime, Brian, looking out for my family, sent me a message about cats. That's next. (laughs) It's, uh, It's 10 to 10. Uh, This just crossed my desk. It is uh, John Kerry, a.k.a. Lurch, uh, as the late, great Rush Limbaugh uh, nicknamed him. Uh, And apparently, Brian, he's engaged in a little global warming of his own, a little CO2 expulsion. Yes. Uh, Here we go. Instead of killing people on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) You added that. No, I didn't. Here we go. People on a daily basis. Is Eric Swalwell there, too? No. No. <laughs> that flatulence is all his. My, oh, my. Oh, Lord. embarrassing. Yeah. Is it, I can't, can you imagine how embarrassing that? Oh, man. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. Uh, it is uh, 9.51. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us at 10.35. Uh, she's got a whole host of topics to talk about, Brian, uh, including uh, the Royals. I Meghan was wondering. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to miss out on that. Uh, she's going to uh, also uh, chat a little bit about uh, Trump jury, uh, potential jurors in his uh, federal election interference trial have received pre-screening forms uh, from the U.S. District uh, for the District of Columbia. They ask about availability of uh, possible jurors, ask them to appear in person February 9th, fill out a written questionnaire and more. Uh, we'll cover that with her. Uh, just curious to see if there's anything special 
involved in that. In the meantime, Brian, uh, you sent me this uh, story on cats. Yes, I did. Uh, well, I know how anxious you are to get rid of the cat, and I thought maybe this, this could help convince your better half, your much better half, much, much, much. All right, we much get the idea, Brian. Half. We get the idea. Uh, apparently, uh, or allegedly, uh, cats uh, can cause schizophrenia. Uh, and I have to tell you, I think that's ridiculous. But I don't. I think it's perfectly reasonable. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not it's possible. You see, <laughs> uh, Lord. Yeah, they apparently um, there's some something they give off that suggests uh, this uh, this parasite uh, can cause schizophrenia. Could owning a cat double your risk of schizophrenia? Or quadruple if there's two of you? Uh, that's the uh, conclusion of a new review, 17 studies by researchers from the University of Queensland in Australia. Uh, the team conducted a meta-analysis of existing research from 11 countries, including the U.S. and Great Britain, uh, published over the last 44 years. You know, <laughs> you got to be careful. Uh, meta-analyses are yeah. really, really Don't tricky. mention it was a meta-analysis to Gwen. I sent her the see story. Right, she'll see right through it. Yeah. Just I tell her. Say, hey, I did a study, uh, just a news article that I read this morning, and I've got some really bad news to tell you about the cat. She'll Cat's got to go. What? Uh, may maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I can just send her a copy of the headline, cut and paste. Yeah, that would know? be fine. Uh, and see if we can get rid of the... Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, Gwen lobbied hard to get a cat. And I hate cats. I have no use for them. None whatsoever. And I despise the cat we have. Uh, even her sister got involved in trying to get me to say yes. And finally, I relented. I said, go ahead, get the cat. Worst decision of my life. I hate this thing. Um, and since then, uh, I've been trying to find ways to get rid of the cat, and this just kind of fits right in. Uh, all right, 874-9390-800-529-5572. This is um, one of the stupidest things that America... We were talking about stupid taxes that we agree with, that we let go, uh, that we don't protest in spite of the immorality of them. Well, minimum wage is another one. It, 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 it should, that should, it simply should not exist. Minimum wage should not exist. Uh, I know all the economics of it. I've studied it, and I'm telling you, it's a terrible idea. But now, if you uh, work for um, Uber or Grubhub or DoorDash, and you're in the state of New York, uh, one, I want to know why you're listening to us, because we're here in Missouri, but uh, apparently the courts have decided that those companies have to pay their workers minimum wage, which is about $18 an hour, $17.96, $18 an hour. Uh, this is because uh, these companies lost their case. Minimum wage destroys job opportunities. All it does is take the lowest rung of the ladder and take it out of reach for the for the uh, potential employee who has the fewest job skills. 
If I'm going to hire somebody to deliver food for 20 bucks an hour, it's going to be somebody that I can use doing something else, too. Or, the, in this case, it may be just the jobs disappear. Because at $18 an hour, you're going to have to raise the prices, and a lot of people are just not going to cough up that kind of money to get the food delivered. Maybe then they just go out and get it themselves. So it's definitely going to hurt their, uh, their uh, uh, bottom line, no matter how you turn it. It's going to cost those workers jobs. It's inescapable. When you make somebody pay more for labor than labor is worth, then the employer starts finding ways to cut back on that labor. Or if they can, they'll hire somebody they can multitask. Well, I was going to pay you $8 an hour to answer the phone, but if I have to pay you $18 an hour, you better also be able to do some bookkeeping and some filing, uh, sweeping them off the floors. We're going to put you to work for that money. And in order to find somebody who can do all that multitasking, who can not only answer the phone, but do the filing and the typing and all that, they're going to have to hire somebody that has more job skills. What happens then? The unskilled laborer loses his job. And if that's not bad enough, anybody who's had a raise uh, that's taken on more responsibility, that's been moved up in the company, well, they're going to be paid the same as they were before when they weren't taking on more responsibility. They're going to want more money. The government should just stay out of whatever decision employer and employee make on pay. That's, you know, if you offer me a job for $25,000 a year and I accept it, that's the end of it. The government has no right to tell me I can't take that job. You want to pay me $7 an hour? If I'm willing to work for it, the government has no reason or right to take that job opportunity from me. It's pathetic minimum wage. Really is. Uh, So I feel sorry for all those uh, Grubhub and Uber drivers and uh, DoorDash people because they're going to take a beating. There is another Republican debate coming up, and the field is getting smaller. Uh, Apparently, uh, we've got uh, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of people who started off hoping and are now throwing in the towel. Uh, Four candidates qualify for this debate. Uh, And uh, that would be uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, Governor Haley, uh, Ramaswamy, and Chris Christie. The fewer of them there are, the, the better chance that somebody begins to, to get ahead of steam and can actually have a debate with Donald Trump. Too many were in this to begin with. Quick break. We'll be back. 1035. Jennifer Bukowski, gold in the senator's house on the Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.